I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. The podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo, and I'm not Juliet, and we are here today to talk about some stuff uh, around Thanksgiving. But first, I really want to know what's shaking bacon. What is shaking bacon? Is Thanksgiving, and Yay. Uh, I love mean, Thanksgiving. I always say my favorite holiday, and then Christmas comes, and I'm like my favorite holiday, and then Christmas is your Halloween favorite holiday. Is really, my favorite Halloween holiday. Halloween is your favorite holiday. <laughs> They're all my Arbor Day is my favorite holiday. Um, no, so the holiday season is my favorite holiday, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So from Halloween onwards, yippee, skippy, hooray. Um, so our friend Allison is visiting from Cape Town. I mentioned last week, and I thought she had never had American Thanksgiving, but she's had two Thanksgivings in America, oh. um, but they don't count because they weren't my Thanksgivings. They weren't real. Right. They, yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of them wasn't real because it was in a hotel, and the other oh. one was only kind of real because it was like a business Thanksgiving done in the oh. office. But still, oh. yeah. um, she's familiar with the concept, right? Right. Um, but this will be her first real Thanksgiving, then. Oh, so that's awesome. It's her first family Thanksgiving, yeah. Um, Yay. And so, yeah, and I've bought... Um, napkin rings and plates with pumpkins on them and i've turned it to my grandmother every holiday has its own dishes now so yay um so yeah so super fun real excited went to trader joe's hi trader joe's talking to you not a commercial (laughs) and uh, what did you get at trader joe's i got almost everything for thanksgiving right so yay Turkey, the butternut squash, um, mm. I don't know, the cranberry sauce, the gravy, mm-hmm. like, and usually I'd be like, I need to make it. I need to make gravy. I need to make the right. bread. It's Thanksgiving. It doesn't count if well, you don't put the work in. I was going to ask you, where do you come down on cranberry sauce? Do you make your own or do you buy pre-made? This is an I important question. buy pre-made and I buy two different types. I buy the canned type from Trader yeah. Joe's, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I buy... Uh, more of a homemade, but sold by a gourmet store here in town. I see. And they do cranberry with orange, which I like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I also do need a tablespoon of just out of a jar of cranberry sauce. That's Thanksgiving. I see. As is whipped Got cream it. out of a can, as yeah. is like store-bought pumpkin pie. Do not give me your homemade stuff. I don't want it. Right. It needs to come right, right out of a cardboard box. Um, <laughs> those are the things that mean Thanksgiving to me. So, and they will mean that to Allison too when I force her Absolutely. to eat pumpkin pie. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so very excited. Uh, doing a lot of store bought goods this year just to keep life easy. Oh, fun. Um, and yeah, could not be more thrilled. Um, and why? I don't know. 
Well, it's Thanksgiving. What's not to be thrilled about? Great food, great people, uh, possibly alcohol, if that's what you're into. So uh, what more could you possibly want? Even if you you are on a, a GLP-1 inhibitor or whatever, you still want to eat the food. And yes, true, right? Agonist. And also all the hangout okay. stuff, um, like watching movies, watching Thanksgiving yeah. movies, right? We're watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Which... Thank you. you. Have to do. Yes, we will. <laughs> Allison, have you ever seen this show? Watch, right? Um, yeah. She may not have ever seen a Charlie Brown. She may not care. It's possible. I mean, she is she an adult. She may not care, but it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. Now, it doesn't matter if she cares or not. Happen. It's going to happen. It's part of Thanksgiving. I, again, so, so, so stupidly excited for this holiday. Um, oh, and so last night, uh, we went to a party. It was a birthday party. It was great. Uh-huh. And we came home and uh, and I was talking to Allison about Thanksgiving and faithful listeners will recall our mm-hmm. episode about the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And we go into the history of Thanksgiving. I knew all this stuff about the history of Thanksgiving after four uh-huh. glasses of wine. Um, <laughs> Allison could not have been lovelier and more patient as I dragged Aww. her down every half road of thought about well thanksgiving was regional and then it became a a, a nationwide event because of the How civil war as a way to bring unity and then which president was it who put it on the fourth thursday for retail to help retail sales roosevelt sure sure why not right um, got me. All of those stupid details were right there in my head. And then we got That's amazing. into, no, for me particularly too, <laughs> who knew wine was my super secret sauce of That's memory right. juice. Um, then we got into uh, how Thanksgiving is not necessarily celebrated by everybody, right? Yeah. Everyone's got their own little traditions or whatever, but... Uh, there are people who, and and it's a growing number of people who now view the holiday as not something to celebrate, right? Sort of oppressive. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I realized in that conversation, like, wow, America has always been divided. Mm. This isn't a recent development. There has always been us and them, right? Mm -hmm. And and culturally, politically, always. And so maybe the country isn't exploding. It's just mm. always been this way. It just seems like it's worse because I think they're more outspoken now. It, that's how it seems to me anyway. But, I mean, you didn't have Nazis patrolling the streets when I was a kid. True. True. Well, we so. did. I mean, there was the Stokie, Skokie, Ohio, Stokie. Illinois. Um, the when the KKK wanted to march through the Jewish town, and oh. the ACLU um, fought for the Klan's right to do that. I forget, like they couldn't get a permit. The uh-huh. city wouldn't give them a permit. That's what it was. The Klan was not getting a permit for their march, um, and that was the '60s or '70s. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, but you're right. Uh, that was a one-time thing that made great big giant news. And the city was saying, no, you're not allowed. And now they just like, now you can get a permit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, clan 
but awesome. you did it. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, Yay. Freedom for, speech. All right. Wow. We went to, we went left. What about you? What's shaking bacon? That's all I got is thanks uh, to Not me. very much. I've sort of, the only thing I did this week was look for a job, which isn't going anywhere. Um, but I'm sure it will soon. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, I can't think of anything. Thanksgiving's coming up, as you mentioned. Uh, we're just going to have a quiet Thanksgiving at home with our corn roast. And other than that, uh, we Wait, will also have a turkey. It, but, it, oh, you will also have a turkey? We have... Yeah, for me and the dog, we have a turkey. Turkey? Like faux turkey? Uh, and No, a, a real turkey. Because okay. Brent's vegetarian. But I'm not vegetarian, at least not now. Maybe, maybe in January I'll be vegetarian again, but... Right now, I'm still a meat eater, so um, I'm having a turkey because it's not Thanksgiving without a turkey. I agree. And the dog will be sharing the turkey with me because I can't eat a whole turkey by myself, at least not <laughs> before it goes um, bad. Uh, although I would try. Um, and then Brent's going to have the corn roast, which is a fungus, if you didn't know. That's uh, what I was going to ask, but then I got hypnotized by the turkey. So <laughs> what is it? I mean, I know it's a mushroom, right? Or It's some sort of fungus. Yeah, I don't think it's a mushroom, but it is, is some it... sort of a fungus. And it's it's sort of a texture kind of like uh, a, a, a thick tofu. Okay. So it's kind of, kind of meaty, I guess. I don't want to say that because that sounds gross, but... Um, it's not bad. They stuff it with uh, stuffing, so it just ha- sort of takes on the flavor of the stuffing, and it's kind of like a fake chicken or a fake turkey. Okay, okay. I've had it before. Like when when I was vegetarian, we we shared a corn roast, and it was it was fine. How do you spell it? Is it corn like C U U O R N? Okay, all right. Um, yeah, and it's good. I think it's better than the tofurkey, but we also have a tofurkey, a small tofurkey. So we'll, or actually this year we have a field roast, which is different, but similar. But I think the corn is the best um, turkey substitute. I might give it a try. I'm curious. I want to know yeah. what this thing tastes like, right? I'm sure it tastes fine. I mean, fine. it's really not worth investigating, but uh, if, if you, so if you, you really turkey, like it. Then, <laughs> it's fine you know it's like eating tofu tofu's fine but i wouldn't go out of my way to eat it unless i were in japan in that one town that i went to when brent and i went to tokyo to visit my cousin she took us to the small town outside of tokyo where they made to- uh, tofu skin and it was uh it was fantastic tofu but uh, that's the only time i'd go out of my way to eat tofu Okay. All right. I now I have a mission. I have to go to Tokyo and try you this amazing tofu. Have you tofu. been to Japan yet? No, I have flown over it and I waved yeah. at Mount. I was going to say Kilimanjaro, and that's not it. It's Mount Fuji. Oh God, <laughs> geography. It doesn't matter. I waved They're at all the, the mountains. Hi, Mount it's Everest. All, it's, it's all part of the matrix anyway. It's all imaginary. Ex- right. Yeah, we're all in a, a simulation, and so it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. So speaking of Thanksgiving, um, <laughs> well, let's... yeah. Let's <laughs> speaking of doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. What where are you we are doing? What you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll talk about this week's subject, which is a local pizza restaurant in Colorado. Um, I guess every restaurant is local if you're where they are. Um, but in 2018, uh, this pizza restaurant in Colorado had to apologize for a Thanksgiving advertisement that they put in a magazine, a local magazine. Um, Right Coast Pizza, and I was wondering, do you think the name indicates that they're conservative? Because usually it'll be Left Coast Liberal, Right Coast Conservative. And I know that they're supposed to have New Jersey style pizza, so maybe that's what they mean by Right Coast. I so but, I had the exact same thought, right? Yeah. And then I was like, hmm, I'm gonna guess it's because it's East Coast pizza, and so they're playing on 
what's better uh, East Coast, West Coast, right? right? And so rather than saying East Coast, it's right coast, meaning that the East the Coast pizza coast. is the only pizza. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell, like, they're not in business anymore. Like, as of 2021, they've gone out of, or 2022, they've gone out of business. So I couldn't look at their website and see if they, you know, talked about Trump or anything. But um, but I didn't really get the sense that they were particularly conservative from the rest of the information that I found out, but except for the name. I will say, um, based off of some of the articles that I read, I don't feel like they are yeah. MAGA, right? Yeah. Um, and so great and yeah. we could and we'll we'll trip over why they're not maga as right. as we we'll talk about go through but as we yeah so um so right coast pizza put an ad in bandwagon magazine which actually collaborated in creating the ad and we'll talk more about that later too um and the owner, his name was, I think, Justin Vogel, said that he'd put ads in Bandwagon before and that uh, when the Bandwagon sales rep, reps reached out to him to ask him what kind of ad he wanted for Thanksgiving or November of that year, he told them, get creative and come up with something. And what they came up with was an ad that showed a white woman dressed as a pilgrim offering a pizza to a stereotypically portrayed Native American. And the woman is saying, sorry about all the smallpox. Who wants a slice of pepperoni? And that, of course, refers to the history of early colonists, or if you prefer, colonizers, weaponizing smallpox. There's at least one recorded case of colonists using blankets carrying the smallpox virus to deliberately spread disease among indigenous Americans. And that was in 1763, uh, and that was in Pennsylvania, when the commander at Fort Pitt in what is now Pittsburgh decided to take advantage of the smallpox that was spreading inside the fort by donating haha, various items infected with smallpox to the indigenous Americans. At the time, Captain William Trent wrote in his journal, we gave them two blankets and a handkerchief out of the smallpox hospital. I hope it will have the desired effect. I mean, Could that be any meaner? Could that be any harsher? Could that be any worse? I mean, smallpox was the most terrifying disease at the time, and it was a fatality rate of up to 30%. Uh, and uh, from from this one instance, uh, seventy Indigenous Americans contracted smallpox and died. Uh, I just can't believe that somebody would actually say, um, "We're try- well." I mean, they're at war; they're trying to kill people. So I guess kill them one way or kill them another way. Um, maybe I'm being too sensitive. I don't think so. It's definitely a different era during war, but even yeah. at that time, it was considered. Um, outside of the bounds of war play. Was it? Yes. Um, and so I found uh, an article in on history.com, uh-huh. which dives into great detail about that. Uh-huh. Um, and I've got to say, wow, there was even some stuff in the article on history.com where I was like, this feels a little racist. Um, really? Yes. And so let me share with you um, uh, this uh, this idea, this history yeah. of biological warfare and giving uh, Native American indigenous people blankets that are covered with smallpox. Right. Um, mm. Okay. So the the article's entitled, Did Colonists Give Infected blankets to North Americans as biological warfare. And then Mm -hmm. the subheading is 
There's evidence that British colonists in the 18th century gave Native Americans smallpox-infected blankets at least once. But did it work? Question mark? Mm. Why is that a question? Um, yeah, right. But okay. Uh, and so uh, let's get to the, to the bit. All right, we'll just start. So uh, North American colonists' warfare against Native Americans was often horrifyingly brutal. But one method they appear to have used, perhaps just once, shocks mm. even more than all the bloody slaughter. The gifting of blankets and linens contaminated with smallpox. The virus causes a disease that can infect, inflict disfiguring scars, blindness, and death. The tactic constitutes a crude form of biological warfare, but mm. accounts of the colonists using it are scant. Mm. Okay. Uh, but it is documented that it happened at least once. Um, mm -hmm. Colonial weaponizing of smallpox against Native Americans was first reported by 19th century historian Francis Parkman. Parkman came across correspondence in which Sir Geoffrey Amherst, commander-in-chief of the British forces in North America, discussed its use with Colonel Henry Bouquet. And I'm just going to call lazy writing right here. Your name is Colonel Bouquet, <laughs> and you're giving smelly blankets to people. All right. Oh, my God. Um, uh, let's see. So for all the outrage the account has stirred over the years, there's only one clearly documented instance of a colonial attempt to spread, mal to spread smallpox during the war. And oddly, Amherst probably didn't have anything to do with it. There's mm -hmm. no clear historical verdict on whether the biological attack even worked. Okay, so here's what happened. Um there was a fort in what is now present-day downtown Pittsburgh, and mm -hmm. the fort's commander uh, wrote a report on June 16th and sent a message to Colonel Henry Bouquet that uh, he was in a dire situation. The local tribes had banded together, and all the local uh, colonists had to move into the fort for protection. Um the fort's commander wasn't just afraid of the Native American warriors. The fort's hospital had patients with smallpox, and the commander feared the disease might overwhelm the population inside the fort's cramped confines. Colonel Bouquet passed along this news to uh, General Amherst, and that's when Amherst uh, replied, Could it not be contrived to send the smallpox among those disaffected tribes of Indians? We must, on this occasion, use every stratagem in our power to reduce them. Mm. So, on July 13th... Brutal. Yeah, well, yep. They, I mean, there again, right? That's uh, a, a military person not seeing the air quotes around enemy as a human being, right? Yeah, um, right. So, and he, and he says more. I can't wait to get to this line. Um, so, on July 13th... Um, uh, Amherst was still traveling across Pennsylvania with British reinforcements headed to the fort, promising that um, he would try to... Oh, sorry. And so uh, so the, the fort commander is promising the General Amherst he's going to try and spread the disease to the Native Americans by contaminated blankets. Um, taking care, however, not to get to the disease myself. That tactic uh, pleased Amherst, who wrote back on July 16th, urging him to spread smallpox, as well as try every other method that can serve to 
extirpate this execrable race. Wow. Yep. So he was not a fan. Um, mm -hmm. What Amherst and Bouquet didn't know was that somebody at Fort Pitt had already thought of trying to infect the Native Americans with smallpox and had attempted to do it. William Trent, who was a trader, a land speculator, and militia captain, wrote in his diary on June 23rd, so about three weeks before the correspondence between Bouquet and Amherst. Um, mm -hmm. So this trader writes in his diary um, that... Uh, Two emissaries had from the tribes had come to the fort and asked to hold talks. Uh, and at that meeting, they were offered uh, blankets and handkerchiefs that came directly from the smallpox ward. Two blankets yep. and a handkerchief, which had come from the smallpox ward. I hope it will have the desired effect, Trent wrote. Right. Um, right. And so... Who got to do it first? Well, seems like it was Trent. And then he submitted an invoice saying that, uh, oh, we had to buy two new blankets and Ugh. serviettes to replace what we gave to the Indians. So oh my God. here's what I'm owed. And uh, wow. he was uh, paid. Reimbursed. Yes, reimbursed for that. And so fantastic. And... Some of the stuff in the article that like tripped my trigger for, and this article was written in 2018, um, mm -hmm. in November of 2018, but it appears to have been written before the uh, pizza cartoon controversy. Okay. Right. Um, but so it's this question of did it work? Uh, perhaps this happened just one time. There's only one account. Information is scant, right? It it feels not so much. It feels like we're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe it happened, but maybe it was just this one time. Mm. And uh, so my guess is, and I don't know because I didn't look her up, but whoever wrote that article was probably a white person. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. There you wow. go. And or historians do come at things with a different lens. A point of view. Right? Yeah. And so here are the facts. The fact is it only happened one time. Yeah. Only once. Only the one time. Well, although it's possible that they uh, transmitted smallpox via blankets only one time, they did try to transmit smallpox in other ways. So I may have read the same article that you read, but um, from some one of the articles I read, um, a few decades after the incident with the blankets, um, British General Alexander Leslie wrote, quote, about 700 Negroes are come down the river in the smallpox. I shall distribute them about the rebel plantations. So they're obviously trying to pass smallpox around um, via other ways. And less than 100 years later, uh, a much larger number of about 150,000 indigenous Americans died of smallpox. But um, that epidemic reportedly started on the steamboat St. Peter in North Dakota. Colonists did not need to resort to smallpox blankets, but mistrust of the colonists may have prevented the Native Americans from getting the vaccine that was then available. So there was a vaccine that became available sometime around 100 years later, but previous to that, they had been doing inoculations, which is infecting people with small amounts of the smallpox in order to um, build their immunity. Or I, I don't like to use that phrase, but in order to... I guess build their immunity is okay. Yeah. Um, to smallpox. So um, 
there there are actually records that colonial military may have intended to vac vaccinate indigenous indigenous Americans, but the understandable mistrust of colonizers was strong and persists until today, and has probably resulted in some COVID nineteen vaccine hesitancy among indigenous Americans. But white settlers were bad enough, even if you disregard the spreading of smallpox via blankets and other means. Um, they burned homes, slaughtered people, and disregarded their own treaties. And researchers now say that European colonizers killed so many Native Americans that it changed the global climate. European settlers killed 56 million indigenous people over about 100 years in South, Central, and North America, causing large swaths of farmland to be abandoned and reforested. And this is according to researchers at the University College London. The increase in trees and vegetation across an area the size of France resulted in a massive decrease in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, cooling the earth in what has been known as the Little Ice Age, which I had no idea about. Isn't that amazing? That's really interesting to me. Yeah, I always thought that the Little Ice Age uh, was due to whatever climate shift might cause for that to happen. But to think that that could have been driven by a reduction in CO2 from uh, increased forest growth? Yeah. 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 Fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. Everything's connected. We should plant more trees now. That, I think, might work. Let's get busy right now. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we not doing that right now? I'll call the Friends of the Urban Forest on Monday and give them some of my, my um, many, 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 many pennies. Um, okay, so back to Rikos Pizza and Bandwagon Magazine. Uh, after the ad was published, the Northern Colorado Latino Foundation put together a meeting at which the owner of Rikos Pizza, Justin Vogel, apologized. And uh, some attendees shared their own experiences with racism, not just via the ad, but um, other local uh, um, experiences that they had had. So, um, so I can talk about the apology unless you have some more information that you want to um, add before we get into it. Well, I mean, um, so the so the smallpox, the the history of smallpox and blankets and Indians mm -hmm. was the piece I uh, I really felt we. What am I saying? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like it's a cute story, right? I mean, it's, let me rephrase a cute that. Cute story. <laughs> it, I, it is a cute story because it's pizza it's and it's story. Thanksgiving and um, you know. I thought you meant the blankets and smallpox oh, was a cute no, story. No, no, no. No, that, That's not cute at all. That is a bad story. <laughs> Just because blankets are involved, it wasn't Pottery Barn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many jokes I am not making because yes, I would well. be in so much trouble. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, no, the the Pizza Hut or the Pizza Hut, sure, no, the, right, the pizza, pizza owner's apology and all that. It's a sweet story, right? Because it wasn't intentional yeah. and. Um, well, anyway, let's talk about the apology. Yeah. Okay. So um, there are two apologies, actually. And the one I'll just touch on briefly is the Bandwagon magazine publisher who issued an apology using Facebook to anyone that was offended by one of our ads saying, excuse me, those of you who responded so strongly to that ad are a part of the same community that we are and your voices are valid. The apology statement said the ad is insensitive, that both the magazine and our clients regret ever printing it and that the creative team behind this advertisement went too far, and both the client and our publisher deeply regret our lack of quality control in letting this go to print. 
So in the meeting that was organized by the Northern Colorado Latino Foundation, uh, which was attended by community leaders, lawmakers, and business owners, Right Coast Pizza's owner Vogel addressed the audience saying he had been oblivious to the effect of such an ad and was deeply sorry. I don't know if the right term is racist. It is definitely not correct. It is basically making light of genocide. It is coarse and inappropriate, he said. He stood in the meeting to speak twice, emphasizing that he did not mean to cause anyone pain in the community and was touched by the stories of the impact of racism that were shared in the meeting. They talk about how you've hurt them. It really takes you down. I take full responsibility, he said. We screwed up. How can we make this right? Um, after making their apologies in the meeting, uh, the Bandwagon's publisher and Vogel received a standing ovation and hugs from the audience. Uh, the articles I read didn't indicate whether any indigenous Americans were present at the meeting. I kind of feel like maybe not. I'm not sure that there would have been hugs if there, if there were Native Americans, indigenous Americans in the audience. I, I didn't get a sense that, that there were indigenous um, people. I did definitely get a sense that there were many Latino uh, community members, yeah. right? Yeah, um, which seems interesting. I mean, it wasn't a Latino issue. Not that not that they can't organize a meeting, but it doesn't seem like maybe they should have included more Native people. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to reach here, and I'm just going to totally guess that uh-huh. uh, with the with the uh, what word am I looking for? Because I was going to say mixing of the Spaniards with the local uh, indigenous population. Um, there, there is a, is it a subculture? I, okay, here I go. Um, uh, of mestizo, which is a term that I think is now derogatory. So apologies if, if it is. Oh. Um, and uh, so that just means I have, I have European and indigenous ancestry. Um, uh-huh. And it's quite a large population in Mexico. So it's, Possible that the uh, the Latino community uh, had. I see. They were approaching it. Yeah, identified more as Latino, but has indigenous ancestry. I Maybe see. I'm I'm reaching there. That would make some some sense. Yes. I've got to say, um, I'm really intrigued by the uh, the article that we both read. And the apology that the article posted, because I found a second article that also lists this apology. And there's a line in there that is eye-popping. And it's not present in the article, the first article, but it's present in the second article, right? So um, I'll I'll read you the oh. whole thing. It's a... Uh, okay. It's keep it short um all right so this is from a local Greeley newspaper and it reads a Greeley pizzeria's advertisement in regional music magazine is attracting unintended attention the ad for right coast pizza published in november issue of band magazine bandwagon magazine shows what appears to be a white female Pilgrim offering an open box of pizza to a Native American man in traditional dress at a Thanksgiving meal. The text in the woman's speech bubble makes light of the plight that befell Native American populations when European settlers arrived in the region. 
So this newspaper won't even uh, uh, quote the caption, right? They're not mm-hmm. even saying the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one critic of the Northern Colorado Latino Foundation called the ad racist in a statement on Facebook and said it turned the genocide of Native Americans into a very inappropriate display of derogatory humor. Agreed with you there. Um, In the post, NCLF board president Joe Molina asked the magazine to take the experience seriously and acknowledge their mistake. The magazine's publisher, Eli Corliss, could not be reached uh, for a statement on Sunday. Bandwagon magazine posted a statement to Facebook apologizing to anyone who was offended. Here's the statement, which includes this missing line from the first article. Those of you who responded so strongly to the ad are part of the same community that we are, and your voices are valid. The ad is insensitive, and both the magazine and our clients regret ever printing it. We think it's eye-opening for everyone involved, which ultimately is a good thing. The creative team behind this advertisement went too far, and both the client and our publisher deeply regret our lack of quality control in letting this go to print, period. I think it's interesting that the first article took out the line, we think it's eye-opening for everyone involved, which is ultimately a good good thing, thing. because it does kind of change the apology a little bit. Like, hey, we fucked up, but look how great everything turned out, you guys. Right. Thank heavens for us. Um. And so, uh, so, uh, but then um, also it does seem to all end well, like both uh, Bandwagon and uh, Right Coast Pizza acknowledged the error, took their ownership, um, regret it, and Right Coast even tried to get uh, magazines pulled just to like make good of or show that like hey we really we're not on board with this right um right because pizza also posted a facebook message um apologizing and they said basically the same thing that they said in the meeting um with the latino foundation so i i don't think i need to read the whole thing um and they did say we're taking steps to remove any copies that we can and to review our ad approval policies we hope you'll understand this was an honest mistake and we are truly sorry to the native american community and anyone else this may have offended so um, let's look at the criteria that we have for our apologies and see where the apology, both the, the Facebook and the um, in-person apologies fell. So was there an expression of regret? Yes. I think it's obvious that they regretted what they did. Um, was there an explanation of what went wrong? In my opinion, no. I think, I think Ride Coast Pizza threw bandwagon under the bus. They said that um, the owner of Ride Coast Pizza said in one of the articles I read that he, um, he, he got the ad copy from bandwagon magazine but he didn't really read it he just approved it and you know that, that's like putting all the blame on bandwagon when definitely half the blame belongs on the right coast pizza because you're not uh, bullshit you didn't read the thing uh you know that's an ad that you're putting in a in a magazine you're you're gonna read it um and you're responsible it, it, it's a cartoon it. there's five words in the bubble i mean there i know right it, how hard like is it's this a, some long you need to a contract you need to read and approve within 15 minutes that you wouldn't actually read um, so no, uh, there was no explanation of what went wrong, really. Um, there was, I don't think there was really, I, I'm going to say there was no acknowledgement of responsibility, even though they said that 
Ugh, it's a tough one because he said in the meeting that, or in one of the interviews that I don't know if it was racist. How could it not be racist? What else would it be? Well, and so I tripped over that uh, very same comment and had the yeah. same response and then had yeah. to remember that I am related to people who do say things that are racist However, they don't realize that the things that are racist. racist because their yeah. definition of racism is different from mine, right? Yeah. What they see as racism, I see as extreme forms of violence that right. are illegal and evil. But right. So in their world, if they're not throwing That's rocks true. at somebody, it's not racist. Right. If they're not throwing rocks at somebody because they're black or because exactly. they're Hispanic. I'm just throwing rocks. Racist. That's what I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> right. So, Everybody so I don't think there was them. a true acknowledgement of responsibility. I do agree with you. I think there's a lot of um, racism that's that's not really um, considered. Sure. Um, it's benign racism. so to speak. Um, I don't know that I would say benign, but uh, I would say that it, it, it needs to... They, the owner of the um, pizza place needs to consider his racism a little more closely. Was there a declaration of repentance? Yes. Was there an offer of repair? Oh, they did say that we'll we'll remove any copies of the of the ad uh, of the magazine and we'll review our ad approval policies. So okay, I'll give them that. And was there a request for forgiveness? No, there was no explicit request for forgiveness. So I am going to rate this apology a three out of ten. Interesting. Okay, because I. I gave it a seven. Wow. Yeah. That's unusual. We're not usually this so far widely. apart. Um, yeah. I, I gave it a seven. And was it because everybody got hugged at the end? Um, <laughs> could have been. Uh, yeah. Was it because I felt like, oh, well, they are sincerely sorry and I don't feel like it was a... But what are they sorry for? I guess just making light of genocide, which is certainly something to be sorry for, but I don't think they went far enough. Go ahead, yeah. sorry. Well, sorry, sorry for, um, as somebody who loves inappropriate humor, right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. And as somebody who has been in the situation where I've said something that was so funny, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh, and that feeling afterwards of like, oh, God, if I could take it back, I would like yeah. uh, this isn't who I am, even though God put those words in my mouth is what happened. <laughs> right. And maybe that's why I'm rating it high. I maybe, identify so strongly <laughs> with, hey, you know, what's funny. This joke. And then it's not funny. Right. Um, right. And so, well, so if we yeah. if we average our responses, we come out with I think a five and a half out of ten. So um, that seems reasonable. It's for I'm glad I didn't give it a ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I had because then it would be even higher. Um, yeah, I really did believe that they uh, they were sorry for the hurt that was caused, and although that is rather. There was some stuff in there where we apologized to anyone who was offended. That's always a bullshit line, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And you are right about who's throwing who under the bus. Yeah. But I think at the end, there there was sincerity and not malicious intent. Um, it turns out that the, uh, although they fired the graphic designer, uh, oh, in Bandwagon Magazine. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, they fired, let's, let's see if this local... Uh, news story shifts your opinion a bit more. Okay. All right. Um, 
okay, so Bandwagon makes its apology and and they say, you know, we deeply regret our lack of quality control for letting this get into print. So the magazine is like, hey, our fault, our bad. Um, mm-hmm. With um, While a few commenters argued the ad fit the bandwagon's audience, the apology was mostly met with more critique from social media users, and the company replied to some individual commenters to squash misleading information. In those replies, the company stated a contracted graphic designer designed the ad before the ad was sent to the client, Right Coast Pizza, for approval, and the magazine accepted full responsibility for the ad. When a commenter suggested the ad was a result of a caption this competition, the company responded, there was no vote within our company. As we stated, we, many different members of our team, often ask for public opinion. In this instance, unfortunately, it led to an extremely distasteful ad. We will be fine-tuning our staff and communicating as a team better to ensure this doesn't happen again. So it seems like it was an online competition for, here's a picture. That's weird. Fill in the bubble. And I've seen those, right? Sure. Um, and maybe that's what happened. Um that's how I'm reading it now. But regardless, uh, the magazine stated it had terminated the graphic designer's contract, it removed the online version of the ad, and had a team working to recover and recycle the current issues. Wow. Right Coast Pizza owner Justin Vogel said, like always, the magazine designed the ad and sent it to him for approval. A process, he said, happened solely over text messages. Vogel said, which... Okay, that doesn't matter how it happens, but whatever. Yeah, really. Um, Vogel said he was too busy to pitch any ideas for the ad for the November issue, and the magazine came up with an idea of a Thanksgiving scene with pizza, which to Vogel seemed to be simple and fit the season. When it came time to approve the ad via text, Vogel said he merely glanced at the picture, saw the pizza, and approved it in a busy haste. He said he doesn't remember reading the text in the speech bubbles. It's totally my fault for not catching it, Vogel said. He said the first time he actually read the ad was when Bandwagon contacted him, uh, contacted him Thursday about the backlash. So ring, ring, ring. Oh, my God. Look, hey, we heard from 50 people. People are pissed. Um, Vogel said he didn't think it was racist per se because there was no malice behind it, which gets into this idea of what I call benign. But really, it's more passive, I guess, is more appropriate to your point. Passive racism, um, but he uh, but he's trying to not make excuses because it shouldn't have happened. His company posted a statement in Facebook um, as well, saying it was trying to remove as many copies as possible. The magazine creates ads for us every month, and we give them artistic freedom when designing the content, the Post said. This was an oversight in our approval process for not recognizing the full impact this would have. Bandwagon and ourselves try to keep our ads edgy, and by no means did we intend to offend anyone. We sincerely apologize for the lack of awareness on our part and for the insensitive design of the ad. This was a poor choice of words, and we regret something like this made it into print. We hope you understand this was an honest mistake, and we are truly sorry to the Native American community and anyone else this may have offended. Um, the restaurant said it would review ad approval policies, and Vogel said he'd like to run some sort of an apology ad. 
In replies to commenters on Facebook, Bandwagon outlined the changes it will make. We will also be running every ad through upper management for a third approval. So it'll be designer, client, upper management to ensure we approve of all material that goes to print before it's approved. I'm surprised they didn't have that before. Well, but on the other hand, too, it's like kind of, well, I guess, I guess, yeah, I can see getting the, I think you need the client's approval and then you just run with whatever the client approves, right? But I can see where maybe, okay, a third set of eyes uh, in our current era would be useful. Mm -hmm. But what do you do when the client's like, yep, I love that swastika. Let's go with that ad. (laughs) And then you're like, like, sorry, we don't publish swastika. Yeah, I guess that's what you do. Let's try again. Sorry, we're not going to take your money. Um, So uh, let's see. The Latino Community Executive Director, Lisa Jameson Shea, added on a post that the Native American community in Greeley is more than 1,500 strong within our workforce, schools, and neighborhoods. At a time in America where hate crime is on the rise, and this is 2018 um, Mm pre-COVID, we believe in acceptance and understanding is the key to healing, the post stated. Please do not dismiss the feelings of a marginalized community and take the time to actually understand the root of what is offending people and start a discussion to heal and learn, said Joe Molina, who's the president of the National NCLF Local Latino Community Foundation. Um, Let's see. And so he operates an art gallery in downtown Greeley. And he organized an event on Facebook called Let's Talk About Discrimination and Cultural Diver- Cultural Insensitivity um, for mm. 7 p.m. Monday at the gallery, which is probably where everybody was hugging each other at the end. I see. Um, and so, and as you mentioned, unfortunately, uh, Right Coast Pizza closed in 2022. Um, it seems to have closed be- due to sort of a weird change in what happened in covid and I found a yeah. thing on um, on Reddit where a local resident who was talking about, oh, yeah, right coast closed. Um, and uh, this is from Hace on Xbox, right? Okay. Haven't really been out um, to eat since COVID. People are gross, and we could typically make better food at home for cheaper. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> uh, there you go. So it, does, uh-huh. so it doesn't seem that it closed because of mismanagement or whatever. It's just a little right. cultural shift. Just what happened. Yeah. Just what happened. Thank you, COVID. <sighs> so wow. does that... So 5.5 out of 10 for their apology. Okay, so it didn't really um, shift anything for you. You're still like, nope, total three. No, I'm still a three. Okay. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that didn't change anything. Um, yeah, I'm kind of glad they're out of business, but... I hope everyone's fine. Um, so do you have a who's sorry now or an apology expected this week? You know, I do. I do. Oh, wow. I would never Yay. forget that after 158 episodes. How dare you even suggest <laughs> why it's it's right here. It's what I have it for. Yes. Okay. Um, so apology expected. And it's expected from the person of interest in connection with the massive arson fire that burned beneath the 10 freeway south of downtown L.A. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, photographs were taken at 12.31 a.m. on November 11th, and they show a man walking in the vicinity of Alameda Street and the 10 Freeway. He's wearing blue shorts and a black jacket and carrying a backpack that's black and a green scarf. He also has a knee brace on his right knee and what appears hmm. to be burn injuries on his left leg. Hmm. Sweetheart, if you're going to be walking Let's around setting fire to stuff, you need to not be so distinctive. 
Yeah, wear pants. Right. Unless this is your disguise. In that case, oh, you're brilliant. Fake burn injuries. Yeah. Yep. Um, the fire closed the westbound and eastbound uh, lanes of the freeway, affecting nearly 300,000 vehicles who use the route daily. Um, yeah. And so basically, this overpass uh, was also used as a storage area for, wait for it, wait for it, wooden pallets and <laughs> hand sanitizer. Oh, no. Two flammable things. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so whoever Duder was that was walking around, uh, probably my guess is uh, he's very familiar with the area, knew about the hand yeah. sanitizer, knew that this would be a big fire. and That's awful. Uh, probably has set fires before and will be caught soon. And I imagine that he will be sorry. I couldn't As help it. It's your fault you left those pallets and that hand sanitizer so close together, so burnable. Uh, So I guess the freeway is going to be closed for some time. Uh, I guess they're doing investigations now as to whether the rebar was was damaged or not. And if the rebar was damaged, it could be years. But if not, it could be just months. But in any event, that's a a nightmare for people who live in L.A. and go that way. It is a major artery. And so what happens is somebody who lived on freeways for like 25 years... Um, and I know that you know how freeways work, but then you're in San Francisco <laughs> and you have public transport. And so yeah, like, not in LA. oh, there's that option, right? And we've got it, but not really. Maybe this will be the boost right. for it. But this is this is a major connector between several freeways. And so all that traffic is now pushed into other routes. So the surface streets are going to be overcrowded. The yeah. freeways are going to be overcrowded. It is going to suck, and it's going to suck for a long time. And I've used that that section of the ten. Um, yeah, it's just murder, and so it's rerouting people. I read in some article somewhere through Skid Row, uh, right in that area uh, there where the overpasses. So now the commuters are forced to see every day the homeless people, which may have some impacts that we didn't expect. It won't because that uh, section of, like I had to drive through Skid Row Mm -hmm. um, and thousands of people do. It hasn't. Okay. Right. Nobody cares. What will, what will happen, unfortunately, is that the unhoused people are going to have more traffic in the street that they will have to contend with. Um, It would not be an economic boom for them. It is going to put them in more danger. And so the homeless... No, that's not good. But I will say, like, um, I don't know what uh, Mayor Bass has actually done uh, in terms of infrastructure, but I believe a couple of hotels have been um, set aside and opened, like abandoned, collapsing. They've been refitted Mm. and turned into um, rehoming shelters. And so... Uh, LA is addressing the homeless uh, homeless crisis or the words, Theo. Yeah. I, I don't want to be so politically correct all the time, but at the uh-huh. same time, I do. Uh, uh-huh. um, so uh, so the, the crisis for unhoused people in Los Angeles is being dealt with directly by the city. Uh, this will not help things. Um, good luck, everybody. Yeah, good luck, everybody. What do you got? Anything uh, cheerier? Did, some, did a do. nun do something unforgivable? 
So, <laughs> no, my apology is not so much expected because this guy is never going to apologize for anything, but it's an apology demanded from me, um, from Elon Musk, who agreed with an anti-Semitic tweet this week, I think, just last week, saying the tweet that he agreed with said, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. And Musk responded, you have said the actual truth. So, Musk, you're an idiot. I hate you. I've always hated you. This has not made it any better. Um, Anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. reached a record high last year, according to the Anti-Defamation League, and Musk suggested that the Anti-Defamation League promotes racism against white people. Um, He said, I am deeply offended by ADL's messaging and any other groups who push de facto anti-white racism or anti-Asian racism or racism of any kind. I'm sick of it. Stop now. God, he's an idiot. I hate him so much. Um, a bunch of people responded to him, including the White House, and some companies have suspended advertising on Twitter like or Apple, or whatever you call it. Like Apple. Apple, yes. yep. And um, Thank God they did something. IBM did as well, and I was like, they're still around? Who, Apple? IBM. Oh, IBM. Oh, IBM. Oh. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I guess they are, aren't they? But they're not, they're not doing personal laptops anymore. They're doing some other stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I wish that Elon Musk would apologize, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I, what if I just, what a fucking, I just don't have words for this jerk. And it's, I know. yes, it's the anti-Semitism, it's the but it's all the stupid things, right? It's everything that he it says. destroyed does. fucking Twitter. It had been such a great resource for news for me. Yeah. Um, it, it is so... So unfun now. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, I quit Twitter when he did took over. Oh, God. I don't go there anymore. I TikTok now. TikTok all day, every day. I, well, TikTok. <laughs> I'm liking threads. I can't. I love TikTok, and that's the problem. Yep. If I if yep. I see one video, I'm in it for an hour. You're on there all day. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. I know. It's terrible. Easily. Same here. Easily. So, uh, especially, you know, as the algorithm gets better and starts showing you things that you're interested in and you like, and uh, you don't have to be offended by anything because you're not going to see the offensive stuff. So uh, it's great. Um, anyway, that's my TikTok ad. So that was a um, good ad, so and it, it didn't have a pizza uh, any- in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never see a pizza ad, but I am hungry. All right. Um, any last words before we depart? Uh, for the week? Yes, actually. So it is Thanksgiving right. and or oh, will yeah. it will be when this uh, airs. And also it won't be Thanksgiving when this airs because it can air any time because <laughs> you can listen to it whenever you want. <laughs> it can be whatever day it is. Um, but I am deeply thankful and appreciative um, of you, Juliet. Oh my God. Thank you so much for your years of friendship for oh. doing the show with me. Here we are, like moving into year four. This it's fucking so fu- crazy. Year four. Not year four. Well, three. I mean, but <laughs> okay, that's moving into oh 150. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've completed three years. Um, that's amazing. I can't believe it. Have we really? Yeah. The, who would have ever fucking thought, right? And anyone who ever James will tell everybody on the planet Theo has a podcast and they'll be like oh, oh that's great uh, so what cute. is it called oh it's apologies accepted the podcast oh okay great there's 160 episodes yeah. people are expecting to see like five three yeah, yeah right right it's amazing a 15 minute thing and here we are 
and we have rescued Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> we have shot We've down. We've saved the world many times. Well, so many times. We're basically stamping MAGAism out left, right, and center. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. going to rear its ugly head starting very soon. But oh, um, I don't oh, foresee them winning. Thank goodness. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. And a little bit on the numbers. So our podcast, um, we have officially 54 followers, which is great. We love you guys. Across platforms. But 500 listeners a week. My God, really? Yeah. Which is so they don't follow lazy bitches. You just have to hit a button. That's okay. You guys can follow if you want to, but um, we are happy to have you as listeners. You're so nice. I call them lazy bitches, (laughs) and you're like, no, no. We understand. I do the same thing. I like and follow every show I ever listen to on a podcast. (laughs) Oh my God. So uh, thank you for the kind words, Theo, and I love you very much, and I'm glad you're my friend. And uh, stay cool, cucumbers, and don't trip potato chips. And we'll catch you on the flip side gross yeah bye bye to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.